0: Since then, I've had almost a block of tofu every single day for three years. I get my blood work run, my estrogen does not come back extremely high or anything like that. Um, I, as a competitive bodybuilder, will do damn near anything I can to be better on stage. So if I thought tofu was holding me back or hurting me in any way, I would cut it out.
1: morning, John. Uh, it is... Oh, sorry. Good afternoon. You're not too far behind. Oh, yeah. Good afternoon, John.
0: <laughs> yeah, good afternoon. And thank you for having me on, Jay. Yeah,
1: thanks for your time, mate. I appreciate it. I know you're currently getting ready for a comp, so you're quite short of time, mate, so I do appreciate it. Um, John Thomas, you are a bodybuilder, quite obviously. Um, vegan for 17 years. Uh, you've been lifting for 15 of the 17 which is quite mad competitive bodybuilder and your mission is to put veganism on the map through bodybuilding and um, health and fitness in general. That is quite interesting mate. So you're by far the biggest guest we've had on the show. Most people say to me, how do I f- uh, fuel my 80 kilogram body man? So. I'm usually the biggest eater of anyone I speak to, but I think you might just beat that today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: John, I know you're you're in a bit of a rush, so I'll I'll cut the crap, mate, and get straight into it. So you're 30 and you turned vegan seventeen years ago. Yeah. Why was that, mate? And yeah, how did it how did that come about, man? That's um it's quite rare, quite a rare situation.
0: Yeah, I'm lucky. Um so there have been a few different points in my life where I feel like um my path had the choice to go one way or another. And so to put it chronologically, um I was actually ten years old and I had a very close friend. Um actually still friends with her today. We were born on the same day, so we're the exact same age. Um and we've always been friends pretty much since the day we were born. Our parents were friends. So probably I've had her in my life more than anybody else even a a little bit less now that we're getting older, but, um, she convinced me to go vegetarian at 10 years old. It it wasn't immediate. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't ever really considered being a vegetarian. I think I had a concept of what it was. Um, but I had never thought that that was something I would do almost like hearing about another religion or something like that. And, um, after a while, it just kind of made sense. Uh, I, I, I listened to her and I thought about it. Like I, I was old enough to grasp that for me to eat meat, I would have to kill an animal or pay somebody to do it for me. Um, so at that time, I, I slowly became vegetarian. I cut out different food groups. And um, over a few months, I became vegetarian. And three years later, I read in a PETA magazine just how like dairy cows are treated, uh, how even if you have like the nicest form for a dairy cow in the world, at, at the end of the day, it stops making the cows going to stop making milk at one day. And, um, they're still going to kill it anyways. So I became, I decided to try and become vegan for like a week, like give it like a trial run for a week. And now it's, it's been 17 years. And so for, for me on my journey, if it wasn't for my friend at 10 years old, or if it wasn't for that magazine at 13, I might not have made these changes. Um, Maybe, maybe there were things that I was open to, but I just didn't know. So that's why I try to, you know, encourage other vegans, especially from the ethical side, like everybody's on their own journey. Their, their eyes are going to be open at their own time. And all we can, all we should do is, is try to inform them, but also be respectful because like before 10, I didn't really know. I didn't really think about it. I didn't, I didn't come to this conclusion on my own. Somebody helped me. Um, so for me, it's, it's always been ethical based at the start. I later learned more about nutrition, more about health, more about our environment and like what's sustainable for the human race. And so now there's there's a lot of different reasons for me to be vegan, but it, it started with the animals. So
1: Yeah, the ethical side. You see, I, I just find it hard to believe it's 13 years old. Sorry, you say your friend was 10 or you were 10 or you were 13 or, or was uh,
0: that when we you were did?
1: both uh oh, and she, then you became, yeah, she became yeah
0: vegetarian convinced me to become vegetarian um and then i ended up becoming vegan and, and convinced her to become vegan later on
1: so it's, that's yeah. a crazy story man <laughs> um because if i think back to when i was 10 i think i started secondary school in when i was 11 i mean there was a lot of other things going on when I, when I was 10, 11, 12, 13. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and, and like I say, most people I meet, they they change in their 20s or um, even, you know, their 30s and 40s. So to, to make that decision at 10 and 13, um, it's crazy. What what was it specifically that she she came out with at 10 years old for you to to, to make the switch over?
0: She just told me the truth. Um she told me the truth and something I already knew. She said, if you eat that hamburger, you're saying it's okay to kill a cow and, and you're killing a cow. And I still ate it that day. It, it, it Her words made sense, but everybody else still ate meat in my head. Everybody else did it. So if, if my parents could do it, if my friends could do it, why, why wouldn't I do it? Um, but she planted that seed of you don't have to. You're making that choice, but you don't have to. And, um, I, I, I'm lucky. I mean, I, I really am lucky if she hadn't come into my life or if I didn't have the parents that I have, I wouldn't have been supported in that decision-making process. If my parents had said, we're not going to buy any different food for you, or we're not going to support this, or you're going to be in time out for being vegan or vegetarian. I, I might've fought them. I mean, maybe I would have. But it wouldn't have been easy. And it, it wasn't easy to be vegan 17 years ago. It wasn't like today, at least in the United States, where there's vegan food at every restaurant, every store, even gas stations and Walmart have vegan food. So it's easy now. But back then, it was, it was a bit harder. Um, so I, I can't take all the credit. If I didn't have my friend, if I didn't have my family supporting me, and eventually my, I convinced my brother to become vegetarian- and then vegan, my sister the same, my mom became vegetarian, and my dad, um, he, he at least did this, he, he Thanksgiving came around, he's like, we're, we're going to do all vegan food this year, like he, he did so many things for me, even though he didn't become vegan or vegetarian himself, he made it a safe place for me, I knew I wasn't judged for it, or thought of as less as a son. So I know that not everybody has this. So I just want to say I'm, I'm really lucky. The change for me, it was harder back then than it is now, but I, I had all the support in the world. I think that's why people, like you said, in their 20s might come to this decision because you're, you're a bit more independent. You can make your own decisions um, whether or not you have support from your parents. But, um, yeah, so I, 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 I like to think that I was lucky.
1: It's mad. It's, it's just mad to, to think at that age you can make such a big decision. And obviously, you're at the age where you're hitting puberty, and you know there's a, there's bullying going on and all kinds of different things going on at school. And did you did you find you had any trouble at school when? Because obviously, in, in your twenties and thirties, you know, if you say you're vegan, then they kind of know the crack. But at that age, did you did you bump into any any trouble, or I mean, have you always been the size you are, so no one said anything? Or?
0: No, so I'm I'm so comfortable with myself now and like how I look and who I am and and not just because of the muscles, like it's, it's more of an internal confidence. Um, I used to have long hair and and still kind of do like really big front teeth. And I used to get made fun of from the time that I, whenever I started school, like five years old, all the way up to at least 13, um, made fun of daily because, because of my hair. Um, so when I became vegetarian, I didn't even want to become fully vegetarian. I still wanted to eat like fish or turkey just so that I didn't say I was vegetarian, even though my heart wanted to, I didn't want to put it out there because I didn't want to give the bullies even more uh, ammunition to like use against me. Um, I was so self-conscious and always cared what other people thought about me. Um, But at the end of the day, I cared about the animals. And so I kind of internally was vegan. I didn't put it out there. I didn't try and change other people. People would hang out with me for six months or a year and be like, why aren't you eating meat? And be like, oh, I'm vegan. They're like, no, you're not. Like I've seen you eat like something however many months ago. I was like, it was probably like a Tofurky sandwich or something. Like I used to never advocate because I didn't want to be bullied. Um, and I think somebody else hit upon this, that maybe I was able to empathize with the animals more because they didn't really have anybody to stand up for them. They didn't have um, a voice. And I I felt that way when I was younger, I felt like because of how I looked and because of the way people treated me that I was just kind of stuck in this, this negative environment. Um, And now I don't go anywhere without like a vegan shirt. I'm I'm comfortable with who I am. Somebody wants to make fun of me go ahead. Like I've been made fun of my majority of my life. Like there's not a whole lot. It's going to be new. Um, But what it does do is it it starts conversations. I I didn't know you could get that, that big as a vegan or like, well, where do you get your protein or wow? Like I I think maybe I could try that. And, and that is why I do this. That's why I, as I said, like bodybuilding, it's funny. I I had a revelation. It's, it's a relatively pointless sport, you pick up weights and you, you put them right back where you got them. You get on a treadmill or a bike, stay right in the same spot. Like, you don't really accomplish anything. What, you build your body? Like, okay, cool. But for me, it's this way to express myself um, and and get my message of, of veganism out there. Like, get rid of the myths and the stereotypes. But also, I think it draws people in. I think, like, not to su- sound like self-centered or, like, that I feel like I'm this great, awesome person. But, like, people see me. And they want to learn more about me. They see the green hair and they're like, who is this dude? What's up with him? And then they find out that I'm vegan and it gets that conversation started. So for as long as I am lucky to have this body and this ability, um, I want to pursue it and and use this as a way to be my outreach. I don't have to go up and say, hey, I'm vegan for this reason or whatever. Like you need to be vegan. I don't don't need to be in people's faces just by being me that they're going to see it. And then
1: hopefully get that conversation started. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's incredible. It's a crazy story, man. It's it, it's incredible, really, to think um, the size you've built and and you know what you've had to put up with, and you've obviously developed some broad shoulders to put up, put up with the the rubbish that people spout. You know what I mean? And I know I know what you mean because I get it myself. And you hear stories of other people, and and you've just developed um, a steel frame now that kind of blocks it all out, I suppose. And it's been that long that it's just kind of normal to you so really good to hear man would you say i mean like you say times have changed 17 years ago it wasn't like it was now i can imagine i can even imagine that tofu and things like that weren't um as available uh, maybe am i wrong i mean what what when did it start when did your actual bodybuilding journey start have you always been big or is it just been the last kind of the last part of it where you've put on such a size or
0: yeah so um back in the, i think there was tofu i just didn't know how to cook it because like <laughs> i was i was 13 so going vegan for me at the time really just meant cutting out dairy after i'd already cut out meat and um you know like i found some things like soy milk i remember like this was this was before almond milk was a thing like all there really was back then was soy milk um and gradually I just kind of figured out what I could eat over time My dad would like find ways to make meals vegan he would make like a vegan stir fry maybe it didn't even have tofu I wasn't really concerned about protein when I became vegan I at that time I played soccer um, and then shortly after I started wrestling um, so a little bit more like like what you're doing uh, contact sport and then um, after the first season of wrestling ended they sent us to the weight room to go lift weights and I remember, I couldn't even bench like 125 pounds. I personally at that time weighed about 130, that was my weight class. Um, So I was small and um, I was okay at wrestling, I was just small and uh, I fell in love with working out. I was like, I think this is what I want to do. I want to get strong. At first I just wanted to get strong and over time I gravitated more towards the bodybuilding side. I thought it was cool to, to then get big. So. Um, yeah, I was, I was probably like 14, 15, around 130 pounds. And by the time I was 17, I think I got up to about 200, um, pretty much working out every day, eating as, as much as I could. I was a little, a little chunky at 200. And then, um, over time, my weight has kind of fluctuated, but just kind of gradually gone up. Um, I hit 250 for the first time, probably about Two years ago, and now I'm sitting this morning, two forty-two. Um, as I'm as I'm getting ready for this show, um, just like for me at least, like I get better. Like I was two fifty and kind of fat, then I was two fifty with abs, and now I'm I'm cutting down. And, and I don't know. I need I need to get even bigger to be competitive at the top levels of even amateur bodybuilding. Like I'm still small, which is mind blowing. How how big these guys are, but yeah. that's. My- goal is to be a bodybuilder and like you just gotta be you gotta be freakishly big if that if that's the division that you want to compete in so um yeah so i've been lifting for like 15 years doesn't mean i knew what i was doing the whole time back then it was you know i was reading magazines like it was before i knew that i could go online and and learn about this and try to figure it out as a vegan there was next to no information back then
1: Mm. It's yeah it's incredible my maintenance is around 2800 um i've been on 3100 the last couple of months to try and you know bulk up a little bit um what the hell is your maintenance at the moment
0: (laughs) um i would think my maintenance is somewhere in the in the 4000 range yeah um i think if i ate about 4000 calories a day i'd probably maintain weight um in some of my bulks on training days I've gone as, as high as like consistently hitting fifty six hundred calories a day. Um, that was a lot of food. <laughs> it's weird wow. like the, the first push to two fifty, I needed like fifty six hundred calories a day. Um, and then after I hit it, I, I went on a cut. Um, and then I've pushed back up again and I didn't need quite as much food. I think it was, we were doing around like forty seven hundred. Um, yeah, but yeah everybody was eating around that much it's it's like a full-time job. Like you have to bring your food with you. It's I prefer bulking to cutting cuz I I'd, I'd rather be full than hungry. I'd rather be stuffed than hungry. But um like you can't miss a meal. Like you can't if you're supposed to eat at 2 and then eat at 4 and you don't eat a 2, you're not going to be able to eat both meals at 4 and still function normally. So it's Yeah. It's a lot. it's a lot of food to get this this size.
1: It's crazy. I mean, I've got I've got a food business and I'm around food all the time and to it 3200 myself. Was really difficult, um, and I actually pref- I'm the opposite to you. I actually prefer to cut because I like to feel hungry <laughs> in a way. Um, but I mean to get, th- I mean I can hit you know two five two six two seven, but to get to three and three two and beyond, I really struggle to to get the calories in. Um, how do you do it? <laughs> what 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 are you eating to get to hit say four and a half thousand um, to five thousand? What what would a typical day look like of, of eating? Do you, is it a lot of tofu, a lot of beans? Do you have shakes?
0: Um, I'll give you I'll give you a few things that like I've recent I've been working with uh, some other vegan competitors, some other bigger guys, and um, there's just some issues that people have that they don't maybe know about. Like um, beans and lentils are super healthy foods. They're not great for building a bulking meal plan. Um, same, a lot of vegans will think like nuts are a great source of protein, but they're they're not. They're a great source of fat. To mm-hmm. um, so build a diet, you know, five thousand plus calories a day that's digestible um, and repeatable, because any, anybody could do five thousand in one day. It's when you do five thousand every day for a month that, that mm-hmm. gets hard. Um, so, building out the majority of your diet will be carbs uh, when you're, when you're at that high of calories. So best digesting food in the world is pretty much going to be rice or rice alternatives. So you got rice, um, rice cakes work well for most people, rice noodles, cream of rice, rice cereal. Um, all those, all those rices are going to be very easy to digest outside of that. Potatoes are another good one. Some people can do pasta. I I'm kind of back and forth depends on the client. Uh, pasta does have gluten does bother some people's digestion Uh, but building that for the primary intake of calories for the diet is how I do it you still want to hit other things to hit your micronutrients you still want to have some veggies some fruits um, things along those lines some fiber but most vegans eating that many calories are gonna have their fiber way too high at least for the people that have built their own meal plans and then come to me and ask me what I thought so for me I'll just run through like a typical day. Maybe I would start with like a tofu scramble stir fry type meal, um, probably anywhere from like a half to a three quarter block of tofu to get about 50, 60 grams of protein. And then maybe pair that with either rice or like potatoes for carbs. Um, mm-hmm. The next meal might be kind of like a hybrid meal, either something like a, a protein uh oats bowl so like pea protein isolate mixed with oatmeal mixed with maybe like bananas um walnuts flaxseed um or cream of rice um you know once once i get further into a bulk cream of rice seems to work much better than oatmeal i can handle personally about maybe 80 grams maybe 100 grams of oats in a meal before there's too much fiber too much uh bloating from it so then i would switch over to cream of rice next meal might be something like uh, seitan along with um, a bunch of rice, uh, maybe some cashews or something for the fat, uh, a little bit of beans, but not so much for the protein, but just for the the health side. Beans are really high in potassium and fiber. Um, Then I'd probably go to the gym. While I'm training, I like to have an intra-workout carb source. So highly branched cyclic dextrin would be my preferred one. It's very easy to digest. um, Doesn't cause any sort of stomach distress. A cheaper alternative would be Gatorade, but that works well for maybe three quarters of people. If, if Gatorade bothers your stomach, definitely try to find the highly burned cyclic detection. Um, post-workout is usually a big cream of rice bowl with pea protein, isolate powder again. Um, and then maybe for the next couple meals, like a mix of something like TVP, um, for the protein and then probably more rice or maybe rice noodles or rice, rice pasta. Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of that's, that's kind of how I would build it out and obviously I didn't give amounts or, or anything specific like that because it's, it's gonna be different for everybody and even in, in my case every bulk or every prep has been different uh, but that's that's kind of how I, I build the diet out now I, I don't think I mentioned it yeah. but like I'll do some veggies with each meal and there'll be some fruits each day like in the cream or rice bowls I'll probably add like frozen blueberries and frozen strawberries That way you're still hitting on one hand all like the health all the micronutrients. And then you're just building up your calories very, very high with the rice and the other carbs.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, maybe maybe I worded that question wrong. Maybe I said I focused on um, I, I aimed it at calories, but I mentioned protein sources. So the next question will probably be how many how much grams of protein would you aim for, um, and what what are your favourite sources? I know you mentioned seitan and tofu and that. Um, what what kind of what amount of protein would you be looking at getting to, to build or maintain muscle?
0: For me, um typically it's gonna be three hundred plus grams of protein a day. Um wow. I I've gone as high as three eighty when I was doing the like fifty-six hundred calories. So I was doing about three hundred and eighty grams of protein. Um so I'll typically have uh, seitan for one meal, tofu for one meal. Uh, TBP for another two meals so that hits four and then I'll have another two meals that are uh, protein powder based so it'll be protein powder with like oats or a smoothie bowl or cream of rice Um, so that'll be six meals a day from those
1: yeah quality yeah it's mad to hear like I said I've never met anyone who eats more than me or is so focused on hitting you know the the protein goal I'm on about 160 120 to 160 um, at the minute And I don't even know where I'd start to try and get um, 280. And was it what was the number? 280,
0: 300. Um, Um, anywhere from like 300 to 380.
1: Oh, 380 it was actually. Yeah, wasn't it? Jesus, man, I I wouldn't know where to start, man. I'd (laughs) I'd need about three days to get that in. Um, Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's. uh, it's just, I can't, I'm struggling to understand how a human being can kind of get that inside of them. I think meat eaters look look at, they say, you know, they're looking at around 200. Um, obviously it depends on their weight, but on average, but they, you know, they say, you know, they have like three or four meals a day hitting 40 to 50 gram per meal. But yeah, 380 is a serious amount. What would you, what would you say to someone who, obviously an anti-vegan who says the protein that we eat isn't as bioavailable? as all these animal products um and why do you think that people like yourself isn't enough proof for them to understand that it is very possible
0: yeah i think i mean i think there is some truth to that um Mm. there the amino acid profile of plants isn't other than in, in, in like complete amino acid foods, like like soy foods, and I, I think some others like quinoa also has like a fairly complete amino acid profile. If if you're using plants and you don't hit the amino acids perfectly, then one way to fix that, like let's say let's say for whatever example, like you do 30 grams of a vegan protein versus 30 grams of meat, and the leucine contents line up like this, like the meat's a little bit higher in leucine. Well, then maybe you just do 40 grams from the, the plant side, and now you have the same leucine content. Um, mm-hmm. So, for like, I, I coach people on both sides. I coach vegan competitors, meat eating competitors. I coach vegan lifestyle clients, meat eating lifestyle clients. I, I coach on both sides. Um, and what I've seen through my own anecdotal experience as a coach, and then also just reading and, and seeing how other people coach. My plant-based competitors typically get to eat more food in general, but then they also eat more protein. Um, I had a 115-pound bikini competitor all the way up until her peak week. She was eating 190 grams of protein a day, and she wanted more. Like She was still hungry. Um, I probably wouldn't need to put um, an animal-eating client on on quite as much protein. They just wouldn't need as much. Um, And in her case, I think we were doing it some to stem some of the hunger, but she was able to handle it. And and there was no reason not to. Um, She was still able to get in condition. And um, we were definitely covering her protein basis. So I think there is a little bit of, you could say it, like you'll just have to eat more protein if you're vegan to kind of make up for that. And I would say like, just rough ballpark numbers for like a competitor, I'd probably have most vegan competitors eating around a gram and a half per pound of protein, um, per day. So like a 200 pound competitor, I'd probably put them around 300 grams of protein. And if they were, if they did eat meat though, maybe like 1.25 grams per pound. So like a 200 pound competitor might do 250 grams of protein. Um, and I've seen about equivalent results of doing that. So is is there any truth to that? Yeah, maybe. Um, mm. What are the downsides? I don't think there's any downside to eating more plant-based protein. Mm. Um, cheaper, it's healthier. So at the end of the day, if you can still do it, you just have to eat a little bit more. I, I, I don't see a problem on, on my side.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard it off a few people who say it's not this and it's not that and and my reply is, well, I've built muscle. Um, I've bulked up quite a lot in the last few years. I've shown people like yourself, vegan bodybuilders. And, you know, it's it's self-evident, isn't it? It's, it's, the proof is there. It's doable. Okay, it might not be as, um, you know, a, 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 what's the word, bioavailable. Or, you know, it might not be absorbed by the body as much. But it's still there. So it's not really a big issue, isn't it? I was going to ask you about tofu because we all know that tofu is a great source. Uh, if you cook it the right way, obviously it's beautiful. If you cook it in the wrong way, it is terrible. I suppose just like chicken breast, maybe. Um, there's a big thing around it, isn't that, that says it affects your hormones. It's uh, giving you estrogen. It's making you less manly. If you do do some research into it, it does. Uh, people mention that you should only have a certain amount per day. I don't agree with that at all. I'm eating like 400 gram blocks, 500 gram blocks at a time. Uh, I wouldn't say every day, but at least, you know, five times a week. What is your opinion on soy products and how often do you eat them?
0: So I think like my opinion should also be tied into what I actually do. Um, And for me, I've had tofu pretty much every single day without fail for the last three years when i started with my first coach about three years ago he put me kind of on the meal plan i am now satan at one meal TVP at one meal tofu at one meal and then some shakes and other stuff for the rest since then i've had almost a block of tofu every single day for three years i get my blood work run my estrogen does not come back extremely high or anything like that um I, as a competitive bodybuilder, will do damn near anything I can to be better on stage. So if I thought tofu was holding me back or hurting me in any way, I would cut it out, but I don't. Um, even, I can say, prior to like all the available foods that we have now, when I was starting this journey, um, the only type of protein that I could get was soy protein isolate. Right. I personally, I use True Nutrition now and use their pea protein isolate because it mixes better, it tastes better. Um, I just like it more and I think the amino acid profile is close enough. Maybe I need 30 grams of protein from the pea where I would only need 26 from soy but like I'll just do the 30 from the pea because I like it more. Um, but back to that story, when I was starting out, I was doing about 300 grams of protein a day. I was doing... I think three 50 gram shakes a day from soy protein isolate and then like another whole block of tofu. So like another 50 grams of protein from tofu every single day for like the first couple of years. Cause I, I didn't know any better. I was like, I just need protein to grow. I didn't, I didn't know I needed carbs and fats and other stuff too. I was just, I like, was just, I'll just max out the protein. And so for, for years as like a late teenager, like 17 years old, 18 years old, that's how I set up my diet. I didn't have any bit of issue with gyno or, you know, other sexual health issues, um, any hormonal or estrogen issues. And so in my own anecdotal experience of like really hammering on the soy when I was younger and now three years straight, at least every single day, um, Mm. I haven't had an issue with it based on all the research I've seen. The phytoestrogens in soy are not absorbed by men. They're they're not going to be an issue. Now for, for women, I'm a little bit more, um, I would say careful. I will, you know, I wouldn't like, if I if like, I've had, I've had female clients tell me I'll eat tofu for every meal of the day. And I'm like, I, I don't want you eating tofu six times a day. We'll do it for like two and then we'll do something like seitan or, or something else for some of the other ones, just for some variability. But like, even mm-hmm. for them, I have a couple of female clients that do tofu every single day and, and, and they don't have any problems. So, um. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's been like overblown. I think people probably have political agendas or um, other food companies, like the dairy industry, might have been putting it out. I don't know who put it out, um, but I think it's been. I think it's been blown way out of proportion. I, I don't personally have any problem with tofu.
1: Yeah, it's it's that old soy boy stigma, isn't it? And any any doubt that I did have, the one percent doubt that I did have, is now gone. And I'm definitely going to up my. Uh, to, to tofu and soy intake, um, but yeah, it's. I was pretty confident, you know. It, and what was interesting was I had I had gyno from when I was young. I was nineteen. Um, I was a bit of a an idiot, you know. I took I took some tablets. Developed some breast tissue. Uh, I flew to Poland to have them chopped out, and apparently they leave a certain amount of tissue in there uh, for the shape of you 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 know your breast, and. For years, I still had pain. You know, when, when I when when I was playing football or doing whatever and someone knocked it, I still had pain. Um, it was only once I gave up meat that the pain disappeared. So, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but that only tells me that there is now less estrogen in my body or however, whatever term they use, you know, for that. Um, and it was interesting because I could only eat white fish. Uh, Red fish, again, the pain came back when i ate white fish the i had, you know i had, i had nothing obviously now i've cut fish out as well it's been a good three or four years so yeah it just goes to show that if there was a problem it would be coming from the the meat but yeah i'll definitely i'll definitely be up in my uh, my tofu intake now definitely what well, talking to tofu what is the best way to cook because i know a lot of people struggle and also they buy the wrong one they buy the mushy one don't they the um the japanese uh what do you call it <laughs> and that's not the way to go what is the best method for you
0: so i i mean you got a few different methods if you go with the mushy one i've i've heard you can make like good like smoothies with it like a green smoothie and use that as like the protein source yeah yeah um, I, I typically though for me i prefer like a tofu scramble because it's it's easy it's it's kind of hard to mess up uh you can either, i found two ways that work you can just take the block and like crumble it up or throw it in a food processor and then, and then throw it in the bowl. Um, add some veggies and just cook it on low heat. It's already pre-cooked. So like you can't undercook it, just throw on garlic salt, soy sauce, some other seasonings and stuff. Um, but then I, I found out, uh, my girlfriend actually tried this the other night. We used it. It's funny enough, a cheese grater. I don't have cheese, but, um, we're at this house and they, they had a cheese grater. So she's like, why don't we try doing that? And for a cut, I actually recommend that because then it, it takes up more space. It's more voluminous that way versus Ah. like breaking, i it. So I found that out. It's funny. Like I've been vegan 17 years and I tried this the other night and I'm like, Hey, my bowl is now more filled, even though it's the same amount of food. Um, so this is going to keep me fuller longer. That's the way I like to, is the scramble just because it's, it's so easy. You just literally throw it in a bowl and heat it up. Um, or I guess a pan But I know some people like to uh, cube it and then like either air fry it or or stir fry it or even bake it, and those are all fun. If I was like a chef or like trying to impress my friends, I might do it that way. But with how much food I have to eat, I try and go with the easiest process possible. So for me, just uh, shred it and throw it uh, on the pot in a pot and cook it on the stove.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a similar. I have got a similar method, mate. Yeah, it's all about the scramble. Like you say, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to do. You can't really mess it up. Um, I used to go for the cubes, but as of late, I've sort of been slicing it into like thin kebab style slices, and that that kind of works. So it turns into like a satan, if you if you if you know what I mean. So that's been uh, one of my favourites lately. But but now I'm glad I'm glad uh, someone like yourself can clear that up and give people peace of mind and. You know, ignore the ignore all the bullshit of of the soy boy comments and and everything else because you know you've got a story there where you're eating a lot of it, and I've got a story where it's had the actual opposite effect to, to when I was eating meat. So so it is it's quite quite interesting.
0: I, I had never heard of of your story before, so I think that's really cool that you're sharing that. Um, you know, I've obviously heard about kino and, and other things whether it's uh, drug induced or puberty induced. Uh, but I had never heard that, that going to a plant-based diet could could eliminate that. And I, I can see mm-hmm. some of the reasons why, at least. Um, here in the United States, a lot of chemicals and uh, hormones are added to the meats. And then if you're consuming dairy, dairy is basically a hormone in and of itself. So it's pretty cool that you were able to notice certain foods causing pain. And then as you gravitated towards vegan, realizing that that, that fixed it yeah. for you. So that I'm grateful that you share that. It helps me learn.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's I've I've not come across the, a similar story before, but um, it's. It, I mean, when you, it sounds weird, but when your nipples hurt, uh, you notice it a lot, and when they stop hurting, you you notice it straight away. Do you know what I mean? So, so John, going back onto protein and and resistance training in general. Someone like myself, 166. I think I'm up. Kilos, uh, I'm 77. So usually people are around, you know, people I speak to around 80, 90, 70, 80, 90 kind of of weight. What advice would you give in terms of protein? Because a lot of people say you only need 0.6 per kilogram. Some people say you need 1.2. You've obviously trained people and seen their results. Someone like myself, who is... 80 kg, 77. What would you recommend? Am I getting enough with 120? Do I need to be hitting 180? And how important is is it to hit to hit these these targets?
0: In in my own experience, going higher is is usually better. Um, so for you, um, I I know the American conversion is easier. If you're if you're 170 pounds, vegan, I might would put you at somewhere closer to like. One and a half uh, grams per pound, so I think that would be closer to like, mm. yeah, like three grams per kilogram, somewhere around there. So, like for you, if you were really trying to grow, um, maybe somewhere in the, okay. in like the ballpark range of like two hundred twenty to two hundred fifty grams a day, um, and maybe maybe what you do is is just slowly go up to that. Maybe if you're at you know. 20 to 160 now, then try 200 for a month and see how that works for you. Um, the, I think the, the, the reasoning behind it is more protein will never necessarily hurt. Whereas too little protein would slow down your progress. So this ensures that you're at least at the max rate of progression that you can get. Um, and then protein can be used by the body in other ways. So if, if you, have hit your protein goals and your body needs some extra energy, it can pull from that. Um, and then also too, uh, protein is digested a little bit different than carbohydrates, it's actually pretty labor-intensive by your body. So even though both carbohydrates and protein have four grams, or I'm sorry, four calories per gram, um, protein requires about one calorie per gram to be digested. So it's really closer to like three calories per gram which is why of course you still want to use carbs when you're bulking extremely high um, but overeating on protein is going to be less likely to make you gain fat than overeating on protein or than overeating on carbs or fats so um, for all those reasons and just for my own anecdotal experience and working with a lot of people over the years I've never seen any downside to going higher on the protein. Um, other than, I guess you could say objectively, it, protein is the most expensive macronutrient. Um, but for me, bodybuilder, I, I want to grow at pretty much any, any cost there is. So, um, you know, I'm trying to find cheaper ways, at least for me, like making my own seitan or buying tofu, um, or like even pea protein isolate in bulk, like all of those are relatively cheap, way cheaper than eating meat. So, um, for that reason, yeah, for you, I would probably... At the top end, put you between like 220 and 250 grams of protein a day, and that it, it does yeah. depend on your goals. Like that, that's like putting bodybuilding above all else. If if you're still trying to do um, MMA or other sports, yeah.
1: it may be better to yeah, raise. Yeah. I think after the this course, I think I'm going sure, to aim like for that. that. I think the most I was ever doing was about 180 to 200. I think I hit 200 a few times, 170 ish, 180. But I'm going to um, yeah on the next. Uh, Bulk phase, I think I'm going to aim for the 220-240 and take your advice and see see what I get out of it, mate. Yeah, thank you. Um, at the minute, I've dropped calories by four to six hundred. What advice would you give to still get that protein in without being too cal you know calorie dense? Um, so, say if I've gone from two thousand, uh, sorry, three thousand one hundred down to two five two six my protein has dropped. What what advice would you give to still get that protein in, you know, and, and to, to hit a lower, lower cal- calorie goal?
0: Like I was saying before, um, since protein is relatively labor intensive by our bodies to digest, then maybe even some of your next, um, diet moves could be like swapping one for the other. So like you could remove 30 or 40 grams of carbohydrates and replace that with 30 or 40 grams of protein as, like, your next step. And then that'll actually decrease the amount of total calories you're taking in, even though the grams technically line up the same. It's going to take a little bit more, a little bit more work for your body to digest the protein. Um, so even though the numbers line up in, like, a calorie calculator, in the real world, you're, you're going to burn a little bit more energy by eating that protein. So that that's probably what I would do the next time that you're ready yeah. to... Push the, the and just before bit harder, we go to the next I would make thing, that
1: swap. how much of a deficit would you recommend um, for someone to not, you know, ruin the metabolism and to stay, to stay quite, you know, to stay quite muscular? What what would you say is a is a what percentage would you say to drop by? It's not too much. Depends on. That's the person, a
0: little yeah. bit hard. I would say that's almost a little bit like person to person dependent. Um, but, a good rule of thumb is to not lose more than 1% of your body weight per week. So, if I had like a relatively big client, 300 pound male, 1% for them would be about three pounds. Anything more than that after like the first week or two, like the first week or two, you're probably gonna lose more. But after that, like once you're actually settled into the cut, like a good rate of progression for them would be not more than three pounds and, and same thing like if for some reason i had a hundred pound client maybe it's a really short female um that needs to lose weight i wouldn't want her to lose more than a pound a week which is just actually going to get hard to kind of track because that's such a small variance but uh, those are general guidelines the one percent a week is is what i've seen to be pretty safe yeah, slow and steady across and wins the board the ice, but I suppose. every everybody is an individual though.
1: john you know and i know that cooking time consuming and life is very busy you've probably cooked well i know you've cooked a lot you've uh you probably turned into a quite a good chef over the 17 years you're in a rush you've got no time to start messing around with prepping um you're in a rush and you need a high protein meal what is your go-to 10 minute recipe in the kitchen to get a nice fix of protein inside of you
0: I got a few. I'll, I'll drop two real quick. So if it's like on the go, need to um, need to just get like something in, and it's uh, doesn't matter what it is. Like I mean, personally, I like cream of rice. Digests really well, but you could also use oatmeal. Cook that. Throw some protein powder in it. Ready to go. If you want to add toppings, fruits, nuts, nut butters, whatever, more than welcome to. Uh, depending upon your goals and what you're doing. If you don't want something like sweet, like a dessert protein bowl then tvp would be the next the easiest one um just throw some TV, Uh i usually throw like some spinach some seasonings some water throw it in a bowl throw it in the microwave for three minutes it's cooked perfectly it's done it's ready to go uh, i do that every day just because it's that easy uh, most of my other meals i for the week but that one literally takes three minutes in the microwave so i just do that one every day um super easy and then whenever my meal plan changes either more tvp yeah. or less tvp more veggies or less veggies it's it's super easy so um needed carbs with that then you uh, i don't yeah. know rice pasta something you got, whatever you got yeah. in the fridge
1: it's mad because it on the side. Uh, five years yeah, i've been plant-based veggie or vegan and i haven't even tried tvp and this i don't know why i don't know why i haven't i haven't tried it is it is it soy based or is it just made out of vegetables or
0: it's soy-based, uh, but unlike like tofu that's or edamame that's, that's pretty high in fat, uh, they they somehow take the fat out of the TVP. So it's extremely low fat. Um, so depending upon how you want to build your diet, like maybe you have tofu at one meal along with a carb. So that way from the tofu, you have your protein, your fat, and your carb source. And then you do TVP with another meal, which is protein and, and some carbs, and then you add a fat on top. So like I might do like uh tvp if i'm bulking Mm. with pasta and then like throw an avocado on top of it and like then i have my proteins fats carbs all in all in one uh it sounds kind of weird but i really like it so um tvp is super versatile you can make it to resemble like ground beef or something for like tacos or pasta style um super easy however you want to season it um yeah
1: I crazy. just make it. Yeah, have to give, give it a try. She's I think just, I'll have to nip on Amazon easy. and um, get get a big bag in, mate. Yeah, it's crazy. I've just I've always heard about it. I've just never, I've never really yep. delved into it, really, mate. So um, I'm gonna jump on that, mate, and hopefully a few people can take take the tips away and make life a little bit easy for them. John, you are you running out of time? Five more minutes, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great, mate. Let's um, uh, let's go five we'll minutes or UPC. less. Can, can, um, how important? is the fat to carb split. Um, a lot of people like myself, we are just aiming for a certain amount of protein. Obviously carbs will be a little bit higher than the fats. How important would you say that split is? Um, let's just say I get you know 50% carbs, 20% protein and 30% fat. Would you recommend that's a, a pretty even split or would you up the fats for a certain reason?
0: So I don't do splits. I don't do percentage based uh, because things change with time. Um, You know, even even myself in a prep, I might lose thirty or forty pounds. So my diet's going to change a lot at at that. If my protein was twenty percent of a bulking diet, it might be fifty percent of a cutting diet. Um, So I don't look at percentages. What I typically do is I'll take the athlete and I'll I'll work. I'll kind of work backwards on that. I'll find their protein first. So. Uh, For you, maybe 200 grams, maybe a little bit less. For myself, 300 grams. And then I will put a bare minimum amount of healthy fats. So for myself, I try not to go under uh, like 55, 60 grams. Um, Somewhere, I don't have an exact number for it, but typically women don't go, even, even my smallest women clients don't go under 30 grams typically guys i don't let them get under like 45 grams at the at the lowest point maybe a little bit more especially for my my natural competitors because if you take a natural person and drop them under 40 grams of fat or something like that a natural male their testosterone production is going to decrease and then they're going to lose muscle while they're cutting so yeah. i would start with the protein then put the minimum healthy fats And then it depends. If you're a competitor and you're trying to win no matter what, and like building as much muscle is the goal, then the rest will be carbs. If you're more of a lifestyle client, um, you know, you just want to be fit, um, try and make some progress in the gym, either whether it's a cut or a bulk, I would still do the protein. I'll give a fat minimum, and then they can fill in the rest with either fats or carbs, depending on personal preference. Some people like carby foods. Some people like fatty foods. Um, As long as the calories match back, I wouldn't say it's going to be a huge difference. Uh, The reason why I tend to favor carbs with my athletes is because carbs are going to be a faster uh, energy source to to be able to utilize. So basically when you're training, it'll be more accessible for the athlete to be able to use that to push harder in the gym. Um, I also think too that... It's easier yeah, to right. eat a lot of carbs than a lot of fats, depending upon what they are. So if, if somebody's really trying to their, their calories at that five 6,000 plus range, yeah. it's going to be easier yeah, so for I the majority really of that to be carbs think, and not
1: yeah. fats, because fats it's, slow um, to So, I'd guess it's going to clear up a few things that people are worried about or just things that people don't have any knowledge on. Um, there's a lot of bullshit, isn't that, in the health and fitness game and the the, the gym scene and I'm glad that you can clear a few things up, mate. Yeah, thank you. Going away from food and training, mate. Uh, obviously, I've been plant based five years. You've been plant based for 17. You've probably you've seen a massive difference in people's attitudes. Not just products that are coming out, but you've you've obviously seen a change in the way people perceive it. What what changes have you noticed, and where do you see it heading? in relation to people's views on, on the vegan movement?
0: Not to be like a conspiracy theorist, but I think that people follow money. Um, I think the reason we've seen such an explosion in, in vegan products here recently is that companies realized, hey, there's a market. There's a market that's under underappreciated and we can go sell some stuff to them and make a lot of money. Um, so um, with economies of scale, as more people become vegan more products will be there at a more reasonable price. The more uh, fake meats or whatever that the companies make uh, on a larger scale, they can drop the price per unit. So hopefully consumers' costs will go down. And I think as consumers' costs go down, more people want to switch. I've had um, people that aren't vegan for ethical reasons reach out to me um, and tell me that their food bill is too high and they're happy to eat vegan vegan foods just because it's cheaper. So I think... um, just with the rising costs of everything that veganism will ethically always still be there. But I also think on, on like a cost base, it's, it's going to become more increased on that side. I also do think that you hit on a big point. I don't think in my lifetime I'm going to see a vegan world, but I do think I'll see a world more open to veganism. Uh, not too often anymore do I get asked, what is a vegan? 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I say I'm mm-hmm. vegan, people are like, "What is that? What does that mean?" I don't really get that anymore. I get, "Oh, I didn't know you could lift weights and be vegan. Oh, I didn't know you could build muscle and be vegan." Not, I don't even know what a vegan is. Um, so I think I think public perception is changing. I think people are becoming a little bit more open to the idea of it, even if they're not going to do it themselves. I've seen that with my family. Um, you know, people that I didn't realize followed me really, like, but are close family members. They don't give me shit for it. They they used to make fun of me when I first became vegan like fifteen years ago, but now they don't. They they see that this has become something that I use for my success, and it's it's important to me. And so I see public perception changing with time, and I, I think that you know the quote uh, "be the change that you want to see in the world." I think that's that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, try and be positive. Try and encourage people. Educate people. And make the world more vegan yeah. by the time yeah, I leave. It is, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, than what it I is agree
1: with what you said about, you don't see it changing in our lifetime. Um, at one point I did, and I've said it on a few podcasts where I've said, I think, you know, by 2050, most people will be vegan or at least plant-based. Um, thinking about it a little bit more, I don't think it will. Um, I think it will take a long time. One thing I do predict though, is that dairy will fall before the meat. I think that people will definitely start or uh, well, or they already have started um giving up milk uh, you know cow's milk for oat milk or soy milk. Uh that's one thing I have noticed. So I do predict we'll see that in our lifetime. Um meat eating I hope we do but I think it might take a little bit longer myself. We'll find out mate we'll have to do one every 5 years and uh keep updating. We'll find out um, what's going on over <laughs> there and what's going on over here and uh but at least now when I keep reading these ridiculous comments online about vegans are malnourished, I mean, if I'm not proof, surely you will be. So I'll just show him a picture of, uh, John, the bodybuilding vegan. And, um, what's your Instagram, mate? Is it at the bodybuilding vegan?
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Easy at the bodybuilding vegan. Um, if you don't have Instagram, you want to get in contact with me, you can go to my website. It's the bodybuilding com. Um, but yeah, reach out, send me an email, send me a DM. Mm. Uh, I pretty much I, I reply to everybody. Sometimes it takes me a couple of days. Instagram can get busy, but um, you know I'm I'm here to help. So if you're looking for coaching kind of or you just have a question, John Topman, I'm
1: pretty um, much an open book. Thanks asking. for your time, and um, you're definitely going to be my inspiration now for the Winter Ball coming up in a few months, and uh, I'll be it in the two twenty two fifty uh, hopefully. And um, yeah, man, I'll uh, I'll be in touch, mate. Thank you very much. It's nice to meet you and um no. good luck for your competition i'll be watching on on instagram stories i suppose thank you thank you jake
0: i appreciate you brother
1: cheers man okay